Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. What's going on? Coach Luca back with the Vigor Life Podcast. Uh, one thing that I'm going to gonna warn you, if you're watching the video, if you're just listening to this on, uh, I would say, on iTunes or on, on Stitcher or on, on SoundCloud or anything like that, then you don't have to worry about it. But if you're watching this on YouTube, then you'll see that I'm like looking down a lot more. Um, I mean, I, a lot of times I have notes, but it's not because of that. We changed the lights and I literally feel like Gene is interrogating me in a highly, uh, you know, suspect situation so i feel like if i I look at the light for too long i'll be i'll be uh i'll be blinded by the light and uh and have nightmares uh so with that said we're probably gonna change the light uh and have a dimmer on it um we we didn't think about that before we switched it up uh we'll have a dimmer dimmer on it next time we go through with that said uh today's podcast yo this is i actually get super excited about it because um i get geeky about this stuff so if you Put it this way, in your life, right, no matter what, because sometimes, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that this is this is a very powerful, uh, like some of the stuff I'll be, I'll be talking about is powerful when it comes to business and just life, you know, and social situations. Uh, but like it, it works in everything. This is important in everything because it's going to help you to better persuade and influence people and, and also notice, oops, uh, notice when you are getting persuaded, which is very, very important, because obviously we live in a world where you're getting market, uh, marketed to like all day long, actually to a tune of, I think it's like 4,000 messages a day now or something like that. But yes, it's, it's a pretty crazy number. So some of the things that we'll go over, so let, you know, we'll, we'll call this podcast is about getting much better at influence and persuasion and for you to get much better at recognizing when you're getting influenced and persuaded. Now, I would say this, you know, if you're getting influenced and persuaded into a positive direction, into a direction that you want to go that helps you achieve your goals, well, then that's great. Uh, But if you're getting, you know, and I've talked about this before, if you're getting manipulated, right, like you're getting persuaded, but in a manipulative fashion where it's not necessarily what's best for you, which like a lot of times buying decisions come down to it, right? Like are you spending money on shit that like you don't really need or investing in, you know, I wouldn't say investing. You're spending on things you don't need. You invest in things that help you out. Um, but it happens all day long. And that's the kicker. The kicker is that you don't know, right? You're being persuaded and persuaded sometimes subconsciously. So that's what we're going to talk about. If you guys, you know, uh, there's a number of, of, of like number, when I said number, I've probably, st- I, I don't know how many books I've read on sales, marketing, and persuasion, uh, I would say uh, kind of the brain when it comes to buying and selling and being influenced and being motivated. Uh, but the two, like one of the main people that maybe you've heard of, and if you haven't, you've certainly got to read all all of their work is, is Robert Cialdini and his initial book, you know, which is most marketer, marketers will cite as one of the greatest books to, to read or to understand, you know, persuasion is called Influence the Science of Persuasion. And he has a follow-up book to that, uh, called persuasion, right? And that's kind of like how we set up the persuasion better and persuade people. Uh, and like, I, I'm fascinated by this. And here's why too, okay? Uh, think about this. Like, I'm in coaching, right? I Like the two things that I really do a lot of, or I would say it are, are my vocation is coaching and coaching when it comes to helping people transform their body for good, change habits, right? Change behaviors to help them become who they want to become, right? Not just do what they want to do, but become who they want to become. 
Uh, and that, you know, with the body, as far as like mindset, nutrition, recovery, training. Um, but then also I help business owners, specifically fitness business owners, gym owners, uh, improve their sales, marketing systems, fulfillment, you know, leadership, team dynamics. So once again, that they can make bigger impact, make more profit, help, you know, their coaches build a career um, and also build a life for themselves that they want. So those, those are the, the main things. And guess what? Guess what's a part of every single one of those things? Persuasion and influence, right? To help a client change something, you have to influence and persuade them, right? So, you know, a lot of times it's coactive coaching, right? It's like there's that whole self-determination theory and autonomy and people choosing and picking it, right? Um, but what I'd have you consider is that like in your life, there's so many underlying things that happen without you knowing about them, right? Like you make a buying decision, you're like, oh yeah, I decided that. But really you were persuaded and persuaded. So that's what we're gonna touch on today, uh, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. So here's, here's kind of like what you're going to learn, all right? So you'll learn how to notice when you're being primed for a persuasive tactic, and therefore you'll be able to more effectively combat like the, you know, would-be influencers. Uh, and because uh, once again, you know, you don't, like we still, we live in a world where you get influenced by a lot of times people and things that you don't truly want to influence you. They don't take you where you want to go. Right. Uh, number two, uh, like I said earlier, in business or in your social life, it's important to be able to use all of the tools in your shed to most effectively communicate your message, not just the ones that you're most aware of. And, you know, this is where I like, you know, I've, I talk about communicating the message and conversation. Remember, marketing is communication. So this this just like touches on every aspect of you know things we do every single day. You got a business, guess what? You're always communicating, you're always marketing, right? You're coaching, guess what? You're always communicating, you're always persuading, right? Or selling, right? Like when I say sell, it's not a bad word, it's meaning you're selling, um, I would say a perspective, an idea, right? A choice. Um, and number three, you'll learn the key factors in creating and refining an influential message, right? So, Let's, let's kind of touch on the big idea number one. Like, what, what is persuasion, right? So think about it as like setting the table, right? Now, I talked about setting the table as a book from Danny Meyer, which is a phenomenal book. Not a part of this conversation right now, right? But persuasion is getting people sympathetic to your message before they even experience or encounter it, right? It's kind of like the, you know, I always talk about preparation. It's almost like when we talk about, you know, prepping for the training session and how you frame it, what's going to happen. In other words, persuasion is set in the table before someone arrives. So there's a critical insight in all of this for those of us who want to learn to be more influential, right? The best persuaders become the best through persuasion. That's what most people don't know. So the pro and that's the process of arranging for recipients to be receptive to the message before they even get it, before they even encounter it, right? So to persuade optimally, then is necessary to persuade optimally. And you might be saying, okay, but how? So in part, the answer involves an essential but poorly appreciated tenet of communication. What we present first changes the way people experience what we present to them next. That's a pause moment right there. Right, it's a pause moment. Think about this, okay? I'm gonna repeat that because it's so powerful. So what we present first changes the way people experience what we pre present to them next. Right, so I'll give you like, give you, I'll give you a story around this. I, I found this fascinating. I actually studied so much of this. If you guys ever read biology and things like that, not biology, but B-U-Y-ology, great book. Um, so there was once a furniture company who, uh, who just basically changed their background of their website 
as a test to see if they could increase sales. Like people are always doing that. Like companies are always split testing and changing stuff up. But check this out. So what happens was, was pretty incredible, right? If there was a background of clouds, customers more regularly bought expensive and comfortable furniture. While those who visited the site when pennies and coins were on the background, they more often bought less expensive th- furniture, right? That's the idea of persuasion. So think about that. That's, that's crazy, right? Clouds in the background, people buy more expensive, comfy, like cloud-like feeling furniture. You know, pennies and coins, automatically they go like, oh, I'm looking for something more cheap and budget friendly, and they buy the more cheap furniture or bets, Right? That's that's nuts. That's persuasion, right? They 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 were exposed to something that persuaded them to their next action, right? So, but let's let's go to like how application to life, right? So, um, if you're this is both sides, right? If you're in business and you're on your selling, or if you're you know you're not and like you're buying, just to kind of give you give you uh, turn some wheels, right? This is a sales hack. So, imagine you're going to, going to buy an online course. Uh, Hey, you know what? I just I just bought a pretty expensive online course this week, <laughs> but but the course is forty nine ninety five, so forty forty nine dollars ninety five cents. Now compare these two statements, right? Instead of this course being two hundred like normal, it's only forty nine ninety five. So instead of being two hundred dollars, it's only forty nine dollars and ninety five cents. And the second scenario is like, hey, instead of this course being fifty nine dollars and ninety five cents, like it's normal, it's only forty nine ninety five cents. Which are you more likely to buy, one or two? Be honest now. I'm pretty sure you'd buy the first one because you're like, oh shit, it's 200 bucks, but right now it's only 49.95. That's that's a great deal. That's a great deal, right? Versus, hey, it used to be 59.95, now it's 49. Oh, it's only 10 bucks less. Eh, I don't know. Not not as good of a deal. Maybe I'll wait off, right? Example. So that's persuasion. Here's another one. Like I'll give you another question of, of, of by persuasion. So imagine you're going to try and uh, and sell a fancy designer bag for 200 bucks. Okay, which of the following would you want to show next to it in order to persuade your customer that these bags are glamorous, and you know they're glamorous and therefore they're worth the price, right? Because it's like if you want to show that you're glamorous, like you're high end, right? Like you're you, you're fashionable. So which one of these four pictures would you present before? Um, or should I say next, right? So lady in expensive clothing, champagne, someone dressed in simple clothes, or a can of soda. And I'm pretty sure that most of you would say like, oh yeah, well, the lady in expensive clothing, right? And it's like, of course, because right now you're not dealing with that persuasion in the moment. So you're logical and you can go like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Right, but once again, so you can you can go like, oh wow, yeah, absolutely. Like because if you see a can of soda, like you're not gonna, that's not gonna persuade, like that's not gonna influence you to to buy a two hundred dollar you know bag. So persuasion is getting people sympathetic to your message before they experience or encounter. In other words, it's setting the table, right? Setting the table before it arrives. And for most people, they don't because they don't think in those sequences, right? You're being kind of. Uh, the tide is influencing you, right? It's not the waves. It's like it's, it's, it's underneath, okay? So that brings us to big idea number two, and that's privileged moments. And, you know, once again, like I, every, everything that I bring up, I want to explain kind of what it is. But what is a privileged moment? A privileged moment is a specific time 
when an individual is particularly receptive to a communicator's message, right? So it's just a time when you're a little bit more, I would say, receptive to who's communicating with you. And that, and the thing is, this can be, look, this can be day-to-day life. Um, like I said, it definitely comes to marketing and advertising. But even like, are you more receptive to a friend's message, to a mentor's message, to, you know, somebody that you don't really know that well? Like, this all matters. And it's, but and when it comes to obviously marketing, most of the time, this is usually right before they buy something or, you know, it's right before you say yes to an agreement. Okay. So I'm gonna give you an example of taking advantage of a privileged moment. So imagine you're about to interview for a position that you're really excited for. And the, like, right the moment before you start the interview is what that would be a privileged moment, right? So and it's one that you can take advantage of in order to steer your potential employer in the direction of hiring you. So if whoever's, uh, you know, about to hire you with HR, you know, the boss, it's a smaller company. If like you're having an interview with me, hey, listen, like this would be a great, great little tip if uh, if we sit down uh, for an interview. <laughs> but here's, but, but how? So I'll give you like an example how you do this, okay? What you want to do is make the person that's interviewing you think about your advantages rather than your potential liabilities. So this is an example of like do this by asking the following question. Excuse me, before we begin, would you please explain to me why you asked me to interview for this position? Right, so you're asking, so if I'm being interviewed, I would ask the interviewee that question. And by asking this question, you're setting the emphasis of the rest of the conversation. So the interviewer will be forced to see you in a positive life by listing off all your positive attributes. See what I'm saying? Like you you asked a question and what it created was made him focus on Right? I persuaded him, I asked a question that, started, that created, I would say, this privileged moment and made him focus on like, the reason why they called me for the interview because it's going to be positive attributes. So now I just steered and persuaded that, right? So in, in large measure, who we are with respect to any choice is where we are, attentionally, in the moment before the choice. You see what I mean? Where did I put the, mo- the attention before that person was going to make a choice? Well, those are the positive attributes, right? So that's going to help out. Now, obviously, does that mean 100% success ratio? No, but it's actually, when you look at studies, it's like crazy numbers. I mean, even like we just, we just gave an example of, of that, uh, that store that sold you know, much higher level mattresses just by switching one picture before buying. So let's look at like, this is going to be another one, I'll say these podcasts where I, I, I give you questions and applications to life because once again, like, hey, if, if you get, I would say, different um, nuggets or you know, skill sets out of this and you learn something that you can apply, I want you to apply it. Like, I want you to think about it. I want you to apply it. I don't want this to just be like throwing stuff at you and, and then at the end of the podcast, you're like, oh man, that was interesting. Like, I want you to do something with it. You know? So if, like, if you have a business, you'll be able to like, use this. If you know, you're going throughout the day, you might be able to notice how somebody's doing that or how marketing uh, is doing that to you. So, Here's a question. Okay, go to go to sales website. Um, you know, I probably spend more money on Amazon than anybody on books, but this is a perfect example. Uh, but you know, Amazon furniture store, Nike, anything you normally like would shop for. And the question is like, what do you see? Right, what are they bringing your attention to? Like, that's my question to you. What are they bringing your attention to? Right, messing around for it with it for a little bit like today if you go on something that you were going to go on to anyways right and, and i'll give you an example right and, and you you guys might if, you, if you're on amazon you'll know what i'm talking about so after going to amazon i like i read a lot of books so whenever i go to amazon they just have a list of books on the front of the page and in the genre that i like hmm 
right? They're drawing my attention to the books I na I'm naturally receptive to buying, right? So think about that, okay? They're bringing my attention to stuff I already like and buy, which is gonna make more likely to buy because if I just went on a blank, not on a blank page, but they just had random stuff there, I'd be much less, I won't be interested. So I'd be much less likely to buy that, right? So I want you to write down what you've noticed, right? So go on a website, whichever website you're gonna go to or something you think you need to go, man, write down what you've noticed. Once again, I will say this, a lot of websites don't do this well. So <laughs> they're not doing their job right. And then that shit means that like they're not gonna have as much success. Uh, but especially it's on the main ones, on the powerful ones. That's why I say things like, you know, Amazon and Nike and, uh, you know, businesses that are successful. Um, so now, like, look, look at that website again. All right, what does, what does this make you think about? Like, what do you care about right now? So I give you an example. Like, I actually was just on Nike's website. Uh, don't ask me why, all right? Don't judge me. Don't judge me. I'm a sneakerhead. Uh, but on Nike's website, there's a ton of pictures of people who have their hands up in the air. Athletes, winners, right? And, and shit, like that makes me feel like I can do anything I put my mind to. Like, and they do a great job with commercials too, right? Like it's like creating that identity. Like, man, if I wear Nike, um, and like, you know, you guys probably like, if I lift my shoe up, you can see Nike, Nike tech sweatpants, my shirt's Nike, damn it. Um, I do have a Roots of Fight jacket though, because I think they got some dope stuff. But Nonetheless, notice, right? Like there's, 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 a, there's an attention that's brought to me and like that's what a lot of times makes me like, oh man, like I feel like I can do this. I feel like I can do that. And you buy Nike shit. So write down what you've noticed there, right? And here's a question. Are, like ask yourself, am I being persuaded? And then rank it, like, you know, if you're not doing that right now, that's cool. But like, right, am I being persuaded? You know, one to 10, and be honest with it, right? Because I'm just bringing attention to that, which means you're going to be able to focus on it a little bit more. But that's the thing is like, most people actually don't pay attention to what's happening, right? They go like, no, 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 I made that choice by myself. I wasn't persuaded. <laughs> and it's like, really? Hmm. Right, so privileged moment is a specific time when individuals particularly receptive to communicator's message, all right? So that's what a, a privileged moment is. And you got to kind of uh, remember, like we just gave two examples of where you can actually influence uh, and create attention to a certain thing in that privileged moment that benefits you, but you also could be, be influenced to do something, okay, that maybe you don't want to, right? So, Big idea number three, this, is, this one is so powerful, uh, and this, this has been something that's really, really been fascinating to me, and th this really kind of like a, is, uh, let's just say that it's like in, in, in life, it's a highly, like no matter, no matter what you do, no matter where you're at, this is gonna matter to you, right? What's focal is causal, right? What's that, like what does that mean? What, what's focal is causal is a theory that explains how whatever we focus on in any particular moment naturally becomes more important in our minds than it actually is. Whoa, whoa, all right, let me run that back. Whatever we focus on in any particular moment naturally becomes more important in our minds than it actually is, right? Wherever we focus on something, we give it undue weight and importance. That doesn't mean that it's really important, but yeah, you've heard me say like, hey, whatever, we, you, you, know, whatever you focus on grows, whatever you, whatever you give attention to, uh, you give power to, and, but that isn't that even more powerful that like whatever you're focusing on, it doesn't mean that that's actually actually is important. Is but you just you give it undue weight and importance, right? And uh, here's a, here's a story uh, and about a one time and like I remember I, guys, I used to live in England for for four years when I was young, from like seven to eleven. 
I have, I have some of that culture embedded in me for sure. And one of those things was like, you know, the royal family, you'd watch and you'd, you know, I'd watch Princess Diana on TV and the royal family. That was a big thing back then. I mean, still, I mean, honestly, still, it still is. It's just part of the culture there. But, um, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, by the way. So when I'm saying that, it's not, it's not a, it's not a knock. Um, but to have, you know, basically to have a conversation with the queen is a rare event, right? I mean, everybody can kind of get behind that. And one which people hope will have, and even if just once in a lifetime, you've seen it like on, on, you know, on camera, she's walking down and she'll stop and then talk to some kids and talk to some people, right? So wouldn't you be surprised to know that during one particular event, while speaking to the queen at a public event, a woman's phone went off, right? So it was like really evident too, like public event, she was speaking, everybody's quiet, this phone rings, like, and it's just so evident. And the queen said, well, you better get it, must be important, right? And, uh, and as, I mean, that was funny, right? But why would she say that? And I think that like, you know, what could, because the question is, what could be more important than speaking with the queen, right? So nothing, of course, right? Nothing is more important than speaking with the queen, but the queen herself was the victim to the, what's focal is causal theory of false importance, right? She assumed the call was important for no other reason than because it was happening at that moment of, somebody speaking with her right so that that's really powerful like so what i want you to think about first is this okay what is happening right now is not as important as you think it is nothing in life is as important as you think it is while you're thinking about it some people might i mean some things maybe but think about what you (laughs) said think about what you think about most of the time right just just today i mean even myself like Man, I got it in my head. There was so much stuff to do. There was some, some, I would say, some problems that I had to deal with. And that became the most important thing. And of course, that's also how anxiety grows. That's how, um, you know, it, you can feel worthless. Like something didn't succeed or didn't go well or you feel like you failed. And then you put that into the spotlight and you, you, you focus on it. And it becomes, bro, you know, uh, grows and you put more attention to it. And it becomes more important than it really is. Right? It's just like, oh, hey, it's a failure. Overcome it. What's the lesson? Move on. But that's really, really, really important for you to remember. What's focal is causal, right? Where you can shift, right? You can shift focus. And then all of a sudden, like, what becomes important is like, I don't know, like if you're in an argument with somebody, but then you focus on and you put the attention on uh, the great, like the, 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 I would say the struggles that you've already overcome. Guess what? That's important. Now you give that importance. Then you start focusing on the things you're grateful for about each other. Then that becomes important. See what I'm saying? Right? And so you have to recognize that. So here's a question, right? This is, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip-flop between some examples in my life, uh, businesses, websites. Uh, and the reason why is because I want to show you how this relates to anything in life and how it is important. And how it's important, too, like when, when, uh, you know, when it's coaching clients. It's like think about that like shifting the focus, right? And now fix, uh, I would say shifting the cause of things. So if you, if you think about TV, right? Watch a commercial or on television or online. Most people probably <laughs> now online considering the way that things are. I haven't had, I haven't had a TV for like five years. Uh, I just have Wi-Fi TV, right? Um, so let's say if, it, if it's for cleaning, do you not think about cleaning, Right? If it's for medicine, do you not think about your health? If it's for you know, fitness or whatever else, do you not think about that, right? It, it's difficult, it's true, it's difficult to look at something and not think about the imagery associated with that site or with that commercial, right? So 
write down your thoughts. Like write down your thoughts about when you see something on TV and what you saw, what you think about. Right? Uh, another question here. So, so what website do you most often visit? And uh, man, I'll, actually, I'll, <laughs> I'll share. So we, we were in Japan and um, I went to the, so this is another story. Actually, I am going to do a separate podcast. We went to watch Demetrius Johnson fight, me, Joe Jameson, Ariel, um, uh, we're out with the whole uh, with DJ's fight team. Uh, amazing experience. Uh, long story short, I'm, I'm in a hotel and I'm working out, and they have CNN on all the time. Um, you know, I'm, and I'm kind of like looking at it because it was the only thing that like was English on on any other channels, uh, at least that were like in the hotel at, at that point in time. So I was watching a lot of CNN, but like I noticed that like there was a bunch of people that there were foreign. I would say foreigners. They were most likely. I mean. English American, you know, they were obviously that was their language, and they were, they were looking at the news, and they're spending a lot of time on it, right? So, and it makes you like makes you wonder, like the attention, like what are they thinking about when they're watching that, right? So, what do you often search for, or pay attention to? Uh, murder mysteries on Netflix, you know. I mean, personally, I like watching educational stuff, like documentaries, and yes, I like watching shit like superhero stuff like marvel aspirational things right motivational fires you up but if you're watching um if you're watching for instance like uh you know if if you watch cnn like you're gonna get scared right you watch cnn you 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 might worry about people breaking into your house like how there's too much murder like how does does this that because that's what it focuses on that's what you put your attention on right but this is, but that's obviously unhealthy. It's unhealthy for our mind, right? It's just emphasizing this because of what I allow into my brain. Instead, if you choose positive YouTube channels, if you choose uh, scientific documentaries where you might be able to learn something, now you're going to become smarter and more positive. Same thing with books, right? So you, you want to think about that. What, are the, what, we, what we think about becomes who we are. How are these searches and websites acting to focus your attention on a specific worldview? Are they healthy? If not, what could you replace them with? Same thing with books, right? Same thing with books. Like, what, what are you consuming? Because that's what, like, that's where your attention now goes. And that's what you deem important. That's the crazy part about it, right? You give it weight and importance, right? You give it weight and importance. That, I mean, honestly, like, if you, once again, assessing environments and assessing people, and studying people to see where they put their attention. Now, that's why I spend a lot of time like with clients, both, both in business coaching and, and when in fitness, like really looking at like what they keep bringing their attention and focus back to. Because then I start realizing that that's what they give weight and importance in their life to. And if I can help shift that, right, shift those, that, the, that lens and turn it to another focus, I'm going to help them get success. In itself, without even giving them the, like the, the, the actionable steps, just because their, sh- their focus is going to shift. They're going to have different awareness. So think about how powerful that is. But it starts with you. It's, it starts with you. Like where, you know, where are you putting weight and importance because of what you're consuming and what you're looking at? Because that's persuading you. So big idea number four is how to command and then hold attention. And uh, think about this. You know, what is it to command? And, and I... Uh, just because, like, uh, my buddy J.J. Malonsky used to be an NCIS, and, um, and the other day, I, which I often, like, don't, because once again, I don't have TV, but I watched a, um, a series at CIS, which I used to watch a lot of, but, like, why are, you know, CIS and, and you know, NCIS and, like, Law and Order so popular? And think about this, okay? This is, this is, this is facts, right? We are biologically predisposed to care about violence, 
sex, and mystery. That's what we're predisposed to care about. Violence, sex, and mystery. Violence because it's in our best interest to care about what could potentially be dangerous. And we talked about that, right? Like we're, we're actually programmed and driven to like avoid, um, what should I say, what? Yeah, like to, to avoid uh, danger, fear. So we're looking for it, right? Because we want to be safe. Make sense? So that's why we, we care about violence because it's our best interest to care about what could potentially be dangerous. So we're looking out for that. Sex because at a biological level, we're just trying to continue our DNA like all other animals, right? Procreate. That's like that's at our core of our DNA. And then mystery because humans are decidedly curious creatures. We are. I, I certainly know I'm a very, very, very uh, curious. So there's a deliberation. Extensive analysis requires more like time, energy, and motivation, right? As the consequence, consequence, its impact on our decisions is limited by the rigor that it requires, right? Because to analyze things takes time, energy, and motivation. The, the consequence is that the impact on our decision is limited because it requires work. It requires rigor, right? So that's, we don't do a lot of analysis. If we don't have the, like, the time, capacity, and will to think hard about a choice, that means we're unlikely to deliberate. And that means that, well, should I say, we're not going to deliberate and think about it deeply, then we, which means that we then make decisions that probably aren't best for us. Think about that, right? And here's a note. Professional marketers, and I, I, I guess I could put myself into that category because guess what? Um, you know, I market our businesses. You know, and uh, although I, I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Like it's, you could say, professional communicator. You're just sharing your message and your beliefs. But yeah, sure. There's, there's definitely some things in there that you learn so that you have a better impact. But professional marketers know how to use these tactics to hold your attention longer than they would, than, than anybody would otherwise, right? Taboo images, violent references, mysterious language. It's all part of a plan to make us buy what the company is selling. Uh, so I'm kind of like giving you like the behind the scenes of sometimes what, what we do. But to be honest with you, you know, like, um, you know, the whole authenticity is probably deep, like more than we could go into in today's podcast. But, you know, being authentic and that's I know that's such an overused word, um, but why that matters. Right. Where like you're not you're, you're trying to influence and inspire people to make a decision versus manipulate and and um, make it more of a fear based decision. So. So what are you most susceptible to? And pretty much like the, here's four things that you're more susceptible to. Things that are sexual and we like, you know, sex sells. Right? I mean, you want to argue with it, but there's also a reason why on, on Instagram, like people are drawn to like skin, ripped abs, you know, uh, girls that have not a lot of clothing on and, you know, they're fit and this, that, and the other, right? Like you're more susceptible to that. I'm not saying you're for sure going to do it. I'm just saying you're more susceptible to that because the tension goes to that. And I just explained why. Also, something that's threatening. So A, sexual. B, threatening. C, mysterious. Mysterious. <laughs> D, different, right? And so why do you think that is, right? And look, I personally have had a fascination with violence. Honestly, too, like, I, you know, I come from a place that, you know, Yugoslavia, the Balkans, like, have a history I'm like when I say a long 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 history of war World War One, World War Two, right the Balkan War like you name it right uh, before that you know the, uh, the Turkish Ottoman Empire just wars all the time back to the Roman times I mean like that that's literally what it is but I've had a fascination with violence I, I, I don't understand it uh, you know I don't understand why I, I do but I don't like how could somebody hurt somebody else right but but I'm, I'm definitely drawn to it for some reason 
right? Because, and, and I think that part of it is that, like you, you kind of almost prepare your brain for the what ifs, right? What if it would happen? You kind of try to calm it down by, by creating scenarios. Um, but here's the thing, transforming. How can you use this knowledge to your advantage? What's an idea that you want to convey, right? So what's, what's something that you want to convey to the marketplace, to, to some other person that you want to, you know, you want to shift, uh, you want to you persuade them something? How can you turn that into a story? So the things that we just talked about, what are, what are people most susceptible to? And then how can you use that to your advantage? So example, let's say you're trying to convince somebody uh, to go for uh, a run, right? I don't know. You're trying to get the office to go for a run or something like people from the office to go run. Uh, and, you know, you, you just, you can't get people to go, right? You just get, nobody wants to go. No one will go. But what you could do is tell them that you found a new bar that sells this super exotic food, but I have to go with you to find out where and what it is. All right, so what did you just do? Like, well, you just created mystery. You created something, you know, like it's mysterious and it's different, right? So now all of a sudden, like, okay, I'll go with you, right? So you wanted to get a result and it's a positive one. Like you went, you know, running together with the people at work so you can all keep each other accountable and get fit and whatever else it may be, right? And... But like, ah, nobody's, nobody's gone. But then all of a sudden you add this factor to it, this mystery, something different. But you can only go after you guys go for a run. All of a sudden, you know, three, four people go with you, right? You got the intended result. No foul, no harm. Actually, you actually helped everybody out, right? So uh, ask yourself this. Does mystery catch your attention? You know, on a scale of one to 10. One, not that often. No, it doesn't at all. Or like 10 very often. And just remember that you're, we are biologically predisposed to care about violence, sex, and mystery. And so this is a good thing to know because if, uh, you know, in, in the next, I don't know, today, you know, something might pop up and you might be like, oh, shit, Luca was right. Look at me watching this violent stuff. Why am I doing it on my Instagram? Hmm. Right. But look, look, it's real. Like I know some I might throw a joke in here, but that the, the point of it, like this is very, very real. And it's like if you are aware of this, like you can not only use it to, for good, you can use it for good, you can also use it to, you know, not be, I would say, pulled away into buying decisions or, you know, all of a sudden be spending tons of time in something, time and energy into something that's not helping you, right? Um, so the next big idea here is that linking to the good. So what is linking to the good? Well, we're susceptible to the imagery and words that we surround ourselves with. So for example, when in the presence of the thinker, right? We're more likely to think critically, right? So if you're sitting with somebody that's a very critical thinker, you're in, and you're in the presence of that person, you're around them, right? You're more likely to think critically. When we're faced with a post of a person winning a race, we're more motivated to work hard. Therefore, we can use this to our advantage by surrounding ourselves with positive images. Now, this, this is a powerful one for me because, uh, or should I say for me as you share, because when you come into bigger ground, there is nothing but aspirational, inspirational, motivational uh, slogans, sayings, and visuals, right? Like whether it's Muhammad Ali standing over the Superman, right? Like nothing is impossible, right? Like you can do it, right? Whether it's um, the slogans, right? Uh, the warrior will, will bring the others back. Uh, the man in the arena quote on one of the walls. The, the figures of you know, history from the Muhammad Ali's to the Martin Luther King's to the Mother Teresa's to the Gandhi's that we have on another wall, right? 
what are they aspiring to do? Like people that stood for something that overcame diversity, right? So that that's why like that's linking to the good. Now, so if you, but here's the thing is if you surround yourself with negativity, uh, be it in a workplace, home, you'll have a tendency to notice the bad rather than the good, to disbelief in yourself rather than know you can accomplish anything that you set your mind to, right? Just that, like, I, you know, and maybe I've brought this up a number of times in the podcast, but I'll, I'll repeat this because this statement in itself, if it creates awareness to, for you to go, hmm, what am I, you know, am I linking to the good? Am I linking to the negative, right? So if you surround yourself with negativity, whether it's in the workplace, at, you know, in the gym, at home, you, you know, the people that you, you mingle with and, and, and go out with, you'll have a tendency to notice the bad rather than the good. To disbelieve in yourself, that's the crazy part. If you, if you surround yourself with that, there's gonna be a tendency for you to disbelieve in yourself rather than know you can accomplish anything you set your mind to. And you know, this is the biggest reason why I go to the places and with the people and like why I'm in coaching and masterminds and mentorships. And you know, I was just in Japan with world champions, you know, hanging out with the greatest pound for pound fighter, uh, possibly in history, at least one of the, you know, Mighty Mouse that I used to, you know, uh, I would say practice with too and, and, and train a little bit when I was when uh, an amateur, like some of the best coaches in the world, right? I surround myself with that. I just got accepted into Baby Bathwater Institute um, at the end of June in Croatia, 170 of the world's, like I would say, k- kind of game-changing entrepreneurs, right? I'm, I'm in different mentorships and, and, and masterminds. I have my own coaching programs, right? Like that's the thing because I want to be around that so that my focus becomes that I can ac- accomplish anything that I set my mind to, right? And just like think, uh, just think about this, okay? Especially if you're in fitness, if you're in nutrition, like this will make sense. You know, we talk about amino acids building, you know, being the building blocks of life. Amino acids create protein, but amino acids are the building blocks of life, right? Just as amino acids can be called the building blocks of life, associations can be called the building blocks of thought, Associations can be called the building blocks of thought. That's powerful. So guard your mind. Be careful what you put in it. Guard your mind. Be careful what you put in it. So I got, you know, I got a question here. Like, like you, you know, I'm going to come to this. This might be one of the, the, the most powerful and important ones here, right? So take an audit of the space where you work, sleep, and live. What messages are you reminding yourself of? Right? And like, you think like, actually, if you, if you look at me right now, I have a necklace. My necklaces represent stuff, but like, what is, you know, because I have, I have one that has a skull on it, and people are always like, man, like, why do you got a death, like, death necklace? And this is my, like, kind of memento mori, right? Like, the skull is, is it reminds me, uh, you know, about more mortality. Now, because you could think of it as a negative, but like, for me, it reminds me of more mortality to live every day, you know, to its greatest potential, right? To remember where it's time is running out, right? But that's motivational to me. You know, for some people, a skull maybe um, that, that, you know, a skull might be, I don't know, something negative. So the question is like, hey, what most motivates you? Take the time, but to take, like really take the time, like take the time and energy to prime your locations in order to most positively influence yourself, right? Now, I used to be a professional athlete. I love professional athletes, how hard they work. Uh, you know, I love the Olympics. I mean, if, if anybody doesn't get fired up about the Olympics, then damn, I don't know, right? But you could buy, you know, a picture of Olympic gold medals. You could buy, like, I love coaching. So actually, I have a bunch of pictures of great coaches. Um, 
You could have that, you know, finish, uh, I don't know, Usain Bolt finishing the, finish the, uh, the, the, the finish line and write it, put it right where, next to where you work or as a reminder. Like, that's going to give you a positive influence, right? Um, you could put, like I said, you know, the reason why we have so much art, like we're actually, we just got, we got approved by the city of Renton. I just got the second draft. It's amazing. Uh, we had to make some changes. So this, uh, we're going to have a massive wall outside of the Vigor Life building, not on the inside. We already have stuff on the inside, but on outside that has, you know, Olympic and, and high level, like l- athletes, like legends of Renton, like specifically I said, Renton is about 12 minutes from downtown Seattle. Um, and, you know, we're, it, it looks amazing, but guess what? Like that's a, like, you know, you're going to roll up to that park to that. Ooh, see that walk into the building and Vigor ground. You got the samurai hanging down. You got the, you know, Muhammad Ali beating Superman. I mean, like every part of that is, is just firing you up to do your best. So, you know, I don't write down five motivational quotations or mantras that you'll post on your computer or your desk or uh, like posters, you know, to keep you motivated. Like what keeps you fired up? Right, change that. Like, if it's not like if if, if it's not moving you into a direction that's improving your life, then then what the hell, right? Remember, we're susceptible to imagery words that we surround ourselves with. We're susceptible to it. Like, it's going to influence us. It's going to persuade us. So, I mean, you could be looking at something every day, and remember, it says that that imagery is going to is going to persuade you to what you do next. So, if it's positive, now instead of like going like, oh, I'm kind of sluggish, I'm going to go to home. You're going to go like, you know what? Man, that champion, that champion wouldn't go home. They do, they do their workout. They wouldn't skip their workout. Now, sure, like we could go into details of like, maybe you need to recover more and sleep more and rest more. Those are very, very important. And I'm not saying, I, I, let's not go into details. I'm saying, you know, like whenever you're down and you want to quit, like you should be surrounded by imagery that helps you push through. Whether it's your desktop, your phone, your, the posters on your wall, the people you surround yourself with, right? Very, very, very important. The big idea number six is if, when, then plans. <laughs> Sounds great. Like, if, when, then plans. <laughs> because that, that could sound like, you'd be like, what? What does that mean? Well, here's the thing. So when we're, we're, when we're attempting to make a positive change in our lives, so break a habit, start a good one, it's important to predict what obstacles will get in our way and then create if, when, plans in order to deal with them. So as in, if I want to order a cookie after lunch, I'll instead order a tea. It's important to substitute a good habit for our bad habits before we try and break a bad habit, right? Meaning that you, you, you have to know, like this is one of the things actually we do with, with, with clients, right? So let's say that the, the client says, you know, for breakfast, uh, you know, I'm going to get up and I'm going to make an omelet, okay? Okay, great. So that's the plan. Okay, but if, what, if, what if you snooze and like you're really tired and you sleep in and you don't do that? What then? Uh, I don't know. Well, well you got to have a plan for that too, right? That's, that's the if-when plans, right? So, oh, you know what? I can, ma- I can make a smoothie. Okay, maybe c- can you make a smoothie a night before and keep it in the fridge so that if you do fall asleep, you can just take it out? Yeah, that's a great idea, right? Another one, like, hey, I don't, if I don't feel like going to the gym in the morning, I will then put on my running shoes and walk out the door. Reminder, so this doesn't mean that you'll actually work out, but it's something that you can commit to. A tiny win, then you can then leverage to accomplish a larger goal. You see what I mean? You see what I'm saying? Like, you already created that plan. So in the realm of self-correction mechanisms, then we can find another source of validation for a core tenor of persuasion immediate. Large-scale adjustments between frequently with practices that do little more than redirect attention. Like, so that's a scientific way of saying, 
that we can do, like actually Atomic Habits talks about this, right? Instead of doing this big thing, like if I skip the workout, well, then I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to go for a five mile run, but you know what? I'm just going to put my, my uh, training shoes on my, you know, my, my dry fits on and I'm just going to walk out the door because why? Because once you walk out the door, then you're like, yeah, I'm out the door. Let me just walk a little bit. All right. You know what? Fuck it. Let me go for a run. Right? This is how the brain works. But that's the if then, right? So if excuse, then I, ins- I will instead you know, plan. That's literally what it is. If, you know, blank, what the excuse would be, then I will instead, you know, what's your plan? So in, in this case, like if I, if I miss the gym, right, excuse, like I'm too tired to go to the gym, hey, then I'll put my clothes on and go out the, w- the door just for a walk. All right, but then all of a sudden the walk becomes a run, maybe, hey, maybe you do hill sprints. So, so here's an application to life. So what's a bad habit that you want to break, right? Maybe it's, uh, you know, you eat too many sweets, right? Too many desserts. So when are you most susceptible to committing to this bad habit? And your answer might be, well, right before bed. Like that's long, stressful day. Uh, you know, watch Netflix. I reach for the sweets. Okay. So when this happens, what can you replace your bad habit with? And maybe it's like, hey, I could eat some fruit. I love berries. Berries are sweet. I could do some blueberries, some raspberries. Uh, maybe throw them in a Greek yogurt, crush some walnuts, and put some cinnamon on top. Ooh, that sounds delightful, right? So, hey, write down your new if, when, then statement for yourself. When I want to eat a candy bar before bed, I'll instead eat, you know, some Greek yogurt and some fruit, right? So literally, like, write that out. Like, you could do right now, pause the podcast, Um, or just a quick jot down and go like, you know, what's something that comes to mind that you know is a bad habit? Like, it it seems small, but if you change it, it'll be big. Maybe, you know, in the morning, like, hey, you could write and create some content for 15, 20 minutes. Maybe you could, you know, go for a walk and listen to podcasts. Maybe for lunch, you could meditate a little bit and, you know, block out 30 minutes to to create. Like, I mean, there's a lot of different things. Like, what do you do now? But what would be a better habit to lead you to where you want to go, right? And then create that. Create when I want to, I will instead, right? So when I want to, dot, 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 whatever the bad habit is, I will instead do dot, 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 right? And I always like to also do the, um, I always like to do the, if things go wrong, what's plan B? Like, I love doing that plan B. So the above example is a good start, but the best way to eliminate bad habit, like eating sweets, is not buy them in the first place. And that we, you know, we, we've talked about this before. Remove, like make the, make, the, make the bad habit more difficult to do. Make the good habit easier to do, right? So a better statement might be in this case, like if I want to buy a candy ball or grocery shopping, I'll instead buy a bunch of, you know, strawberries, raspberries, and blueberries. So it happens even before. Makes sense? Um, and like I said, we're not digging into, uh, although like I'd, I'd actually love, we're, we're going to do another uh, nutrition podcast and habit podcast, there's a lot more I want to talk about, but uh, I still wanted to make this example because it does, see how like you're persuading yourself, essentially. You can do that same thing with other people. Uh, the big idea number seven is the power of unity, right? The importance of we. God, I love that. Remember, like this, our, when you walk into vigor, there's a big wall and it says, rise as one, us and we. Like that's kind of our our our, our model in many ways we have a couple but that's one of our powerful ones so what do you think like so let's look at the importance of we right what do you think of when you hear the word bestseller or the phrase join the millions right you probably think that the book or product is great and how could it not be if so many people have already bought it right if it's been a bestseller how many people have bought it like join millions what millions have got it man 
So remember that we are at heart social creatures, right? We look not only to experts, but also to our peers, to each other when deciding whether or not someone or something is deemed worthy of our time. You know, it's like, imagine, like, think, think about this. Actually, you know what? Every single day, like, you know, uh, this happens because Theo will be like, yo, man, did you see that dunk? What dunk, bro? Like, it's going viral. And you're like, what? I got to see it. I got to see it. It's going viral, right? Everybody's seeing it. Everybody's looking at it. I got to look at it, too. Um, and, hey, is this good or bad? Well, you can use, you know, both. I, I said you can both use this tool to your advantage or fight against it when being advertised to. Though either way, it's important to know what's happening, right? Like, if you know what's happening, you can make a better decision. So you can use it to your advantage, or you can, like, be aware of it so that you don't get, I would say, manipulated. Ultimately, it's up to you to make your own value judgments. So, so don't let the crowd sway you either way, because it can be powerful, right? I mean, you can use it in your marketing. You can use it uh, as a tool to get people to do something that's good for them. Remember, I always say, like, when I'm teaching this stuff and I'm sharing this with you, you know, use it for good, do not use it for evil. Very important, right? Once again, the frame. Right? What do you do with it? Um, but, but that's important. So our, our ability to create change in others is often and importantly grounded in shared personal relationships, which create a persuasive context for assent, right? It's a poor trade-off then for social influence when we allow present-day forces of separation, distancing social changes, insulating modern, te- modern technologies to take a shared sense of human connection out of our exchanges. I know this like sounds, because I, you know, I, I bookmark these notes, and then sometimes they're scientific-y, right? The relation gets removed, leaving just the ships passing at sea. So, boy, I mean, think of that, that like today, you know, there's more, like more, I would say, con- more points of connection, but it's not deep. It's not conversation. It's not, uh, it, it doesn't have deeper bonds, right? And, and you, gotta be, you gotta be careful about that because even like in that case of, hey, you haven't seen it, it's going viral. Like, hey, everybody's doing it. But is there a deep connection and meaning behind that, right? Because I do think like we are tribal creatures and in the sense of, you know, we've shared this before that the most, you know, that this is the number that came up. I can't remember the number's name, but 150 people is, is, you know, the amount of names we can remember and the amount of memories we can remember. So like that's, you know, the tribe is usually no bigger than 150. Then it becomes more challenging, which is why, you know, uh, when you're associated with things like religions and things of that nature, like larger groups can find, I would say, common ground and meaning. Um, but that's a discussion for another time. So I would say you can use that whole, like, um, the, uh, the power of unity and the importance of we to your advantage and make sure that it's not to your disadvantage. And it's always, you know, uh, like, I remember the first time Martin Rooney taught me this whole thing, right? Like when, when, um, like if, if, if your team wins, right? The team that you root for. It's like, we did it, man, we did it. You know, like, I don't know, for instance, I love the San Antonio Spurs or, you know, uh, like when Slovenia won the, the, the European Championship in basketball last year. Like, we did it. You know, and it's like, I didn't play on a team, right? Like, we did it, right? Because you find yourself a part of it. So you can be influenced by that and persuaded by that significantly. So uh, here's some applications to life, right? Um, Rewrite this sales copy, but this time using the power of we, right? So listen to what I'm saying and then try to rewrite it, okay? Buy one at regular cost, get one half off. So I'd, I'd, I'd give you a second and go like, how could you rewrite that with that frame of we in mind, right? Buy one at regular cost, get one half off. 
So the example would be buy one now, already 10,000 sold. Right? Like that, that's, I mean, that's a different copy that would probably have more, not probably, it would have more pull. It would be a much better sale. But this is why the power of words and the power of copy is so important because of this whole persuasion and influence that we talk about, right? And um, this is always like, hey, you know, write down your thoughts about that. Of the following dating websites, which most prominently use the idea of unity to their advantage? Match.com, eHarmony, FarmersOnly, Zeus.com. It's a trick question. Yeah, you know what? You're gonna have you're gonna have to go onto those sites. You know what? You're gonna have to go onto those sites and then message me to see if you've been listening, to see if you've been paying attention to this. Cause uh, and then I'll, I'll I'll give you the answer once you do that. How about that? Um, but you know what? You, you should figure it out right away. Uh, as far as you know, just 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 let me read them out loud again. Right? Match.com, eHarmony, Farmers Only, Zeusk. If you don't get this one, then damn it, I don't know. But yeah, shoot, shoot me a message. Shoot me a message to, to see if you got them around. So, but here, here's the thing. Like, how can you build and strengthen your own tribe, right? I can use the words we, us, and are more often when describing why we must complete certain tasks. And you know what? You'll, you'll notice that like when I talk about vigor, um, mostly if you come here and, and, and if you watch videos and stuff, I talk, I say we, 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 we a lot. Not I, I, I. I, sh- I certainly use I, obviously, my own personal stories and things like that, but when you, you actually see that in the marketing, I say we, but also in team meetings, I say we, um, because it's important that everybody understands that it's us, right? It's, it, it literally like pre-sways and makes people go like, oh yeah, it is us, it is us, right? And like I said, it's not a trick, I truly believe that, but I'm saying it's important. I can use words we, us, and are more often when describing why we must complete certain tasks, okay? But think about, but that, don't let that be the only thing. That's just an example. How can you build and strengthen your own tribe? Think about that. Using what I just shared, right? Remember that we are at heart social creatures and that will never change. Big idea number eight, creating lasting change. How to make lasting change. Let's go through some pointers here, all right? There are a few ways to make persuasive and influence tactics that last. And like everything, you know, I was just, it's funny, I was, I was at the front desk working, a uh, person came in during uh, kind of a dead time and it was like saying that they were interested in, um, in, in, in possibly signing up with a trainer at 24 Hour Fitness and we got this conversation to try, try us out for a trial, so she'll be back Wednesday. Let's just say my, my persuasion did pretty well, um, but it was authentic. But we talked, one of the things we talked about is like, you know, Inf- like influence and change that lasts, right? So what, like things that last are the only things that truly matter, right? Like the changes that you make, um, especially when it comes to changing yourself and your body and your mind into, into the direction that you wanna go. So number one, get the person or, your, or yourself, right? To make a conscious commitment to the behavior change. Number two is manage your if, when plans. Number three is mind the imagery you surround yourself or others with. And number four, remind yourself of others' altruism whenever possible. Give people a reason to deserve to make their decision. Okay? Give people a reason to deserve to make their decision. So let's look at how those four, you know, uh, like I said, you can write those four down. Actually, I'll I'll say them out again so you can write them if you're taking notes. I know some of you have been taking notes. 
Um, how to make lasting change. Get the person or yourself to make a conscious commitment to the behavior change. Number two, manage your if-when plans. So that was one of the things we talked about earlier. Manage your if-when plans. Number three is mind the imagery you surround yourself others with and remind yourself or others altruism whenever possible. So give people, give people a reason to deserve to make their decision. Application life. So what's the habit you'd like to adopt in your daily life? Uh, give an example, right? I'd like to meditate at least 10 minutes a day. So how can you use the powers of persuasion to influence yourself to making this a lasting change? All right, so let's, let's go through this example, okay? I first need to commit to the change. Then I need to write my if-then statement. If I wake up and don't feel like meditating, I'll close my eyes and count 10 breaths, even if it's just where I'm standing or while I'm in bed waking up. Then I will. See, see what I just did there? Right, so I made a commitment to it and then I said, hey, if then, right? If I wake up and don't feel like meditating, I'll close my eyes and count 10 breaths, even if it's just where I'm standing or while I'm in bed waking up. Right, then I will. The other thing to make it public, write down what you're committing to and why. Uh, you know, this is obviously where Facebook can come into play. Like we, you know, I got two, I actually got more than a number of text streams of my close friends where we, there's a couple of us in the text and we make commitments and we keep each other accountable. Um, but you know, you post something like I commit to starting every morning with 10 minutes of meditation because I know that if I do it, it will clear my mind to better accomplish what I need to accomplish for the rest of the day. Start strong, finish strong. Right, start strong, finish strong. So, great example of just like doing these simple four steps that will help you like now create this better habit. Right, but you got to commit to change. You got to commit to change. All right, we're almost there. Not that I want to rush through it, but sometimes I know like when I go through through these, there's is is uh, it takes a little bit of time. Big idea number nine. What are the six triggers of influence? Now, this is like if you've read if you've read you know the original influence the science of persuasion. These are the ones that like, you gotta, pay, like, you gotta pay attention to these. These are so powerful. So what are the six triggers of influence? Number one, reciprocity. When we do for others as a return of favor. Uh, and what I, what I believe in, like, you know, this is when I read the, the book, The Go-Giver, for me it was always like, you know, do, do as much for other people, like add value to the world, add value to every, you know, person, conversation, place, business, everything, right? And never ask and never expect anything in, in, uh, in return. But the, the way the reciprocity works is like that. Like when you give, you shall receive, right? So when we do for others, it is to earn a favor. Liking. When we do something because we like to ask her, right? So that's both ways. Do you like the person and you do something because you like them? And also it's like why it makes sense to be likable. You know, in, in, in business, we always say people buy from people they know, like, and trust. And this is true. Like very rare. Like I would even say like people will coach with people they know, like, and trust, right? Like, it, you could be great at what you do, but people don't like you. They're not going to want to coach with you, period. Which is why it's so important to have charisma. It's so important to have integrity, character, be a good communicator, why the soft skills matter so much. Uh, social proof. When we're, receptive, when we're receptive to following our peers, right? But it's also important to like prove and show how you get results, right? And prove and show that you do what you said you do. Like authorities, when we listen to experts, same thing is like when we're experts, authorities, when people listen to us. And we've talked about how to do that, right? Like obviously the reason why I'm big on, 
you know, speaking in seminars, creating my own seminars, obviously, as well, too. But like, uh, you know, putting yourself out there on, on things like a podcast, you know, and, and obviously like studying, 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 applying, 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 and then sharing, 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 right? Like that's, that's how you create that authority. Uh, scarcity is important, right? When we want what we cannot have. Uh, you talked about that before, right? There's a, there's a line to the club and, you know, you want to be the VIP because cause it's scarce. Ah, oh, well, you know what? Like, there's only so many seats. There's, hey, by this deadline, we're shutting it down. We only have so many spots available. All those are scarcity and that works. It works. Scarcity works in persuasion. And then consistency. What we generally like to stay consistent with, with what we said we do. It's just why it's so important to like do what you say you do. Do when you said you do it. Do, do how you said you do it, right? Like you keep doing that. You also keep doing that in the marketplace. Man, like you, you, will, you will, first of all, you earn the trust and you earn the liking, right? And it also creates social proof. It creates authority. So no, like when combined, these tools can be used to more effectively persuade an audience into agreeing with our idea. It doesn't even have to be like a money cash exchange sale. It can be anything, right? Persuading people to like believe in what you believe in, to, um, you know, to take action on things, to, to, for them to do something that's going to help them. The more you use those six in a combination, the more powerful they become. While each one in itself is powerful, when you combine them, then they really become powerful. And like also a reason why, you know, you want to ask yourself, hey, do I have all of these things in my marketing strategy? Reciprocity, liking, social proof, authority, scarcity, consistency. Um, and obviously that, you know, that goes deeper, right? Um, but, you know, think about the rule of reciprocation, is, which states that those who give first are entitled to receive in return. And I think a lot of life works that way, right? Um, give and you shall receive. Uh, that, so I'd say, like, write down an example uh, when you have succumbed to each of these tools, right? Reciprocity, liking, social proof, authority, scarcity. Uh, consistency. I can tell you right now, like the course that I mentioned at the beginning that I signed up for, you know why I signed up for it? Hey, it said last six hours, like last six hours to get in on this course. And I was like, oh shit, I don't want to wait. Um, you know, might not be able to do it all like in the next week, but ah, fuck it, I'll sign up for it, right? Scarcity got me. Now there was also other things there, like social proof, liking the person that puts the course out and so on and so forth, right? So, but nonetheless, once again, those things came into play. So, couple of things, right? Like how could you avoid being susceptible to each in each situation, right? So how could you avoid it? Mm. And on the other side of things is, are you currently selling an idea or a product? So how could you, like using these six tools of influence, rewrite your sales pitch to account for as many as possible, right? So, and it, all right, let's give you an example, okay? Hey, I'm Luca. Simple and straightforward, just like you, liking see just like you i said just like you so i won't waste your time reciprocity but i do have a car that i'd like to tell you about it was wildly popular in its day social proof made by leading experts of the time authority though now is one of the rarest models still barely out there there's your scarcity i know just like me more liking you always told yourself that when you got the chance, you'd finally get that dream car, car of yours. Consistency. So now's the time. So that's just an example. I'll read that through again. Notice I, I paused to show you guys where each of these pop up. Like, hey, I'm Luca. Simple and straightforward, just like you. So I won't waste your time. But I do have a car that I like to tell you about. It was wildly popular in its day. 
made by the leading experts of the time. Though now is one of the rarest models still barely out there. I know, just like me, you always told yourself that when you got the chance, you'd finally get the dream car of yours. So now's the time, right? So this is a perfect example, like, you know, scanning through copy and how you, you know, uh, you communicate to involve all those. And it's going to be much more likely that somebody would buy that if that was your ad for a car, I don't know, in Craigslist than if it was, you know, if you just had like, I have this car, it's blase, 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 blah, get it. Like, seriously, I mean, that's, these are proven things. But this is also communication to another person. Like this is not just like, don't just think in terms of like business and sales and marketing and it, like think in, in terms of like just communication, right? The more you use these tools in the combination, the more powerful they become. Okay, and then number 10, the big idea number 10 on being ethical, right? How do you use these techniques ethically? I've been kind of mentioning it throughout this podcast that like you have to, you know, use them for good, right? But First off, you know, we're teaching all of this like mostly so that you're in complete control of your decision making before agreeing to something, right? Like, or before you buy any particular object. It's just kind of like making, like how many things have you done in your life where you bought stuff and it's like, and not necessarily it's a bad buy, but it's just like, that's nowhere near what you should be spending money on. And let's be real, okay, look, like I'm gonna be biased, okay? Like I, I sell transformations. I don't sell a gym membership. I don't sell like coaching, okay? I sell a transformation. And the reality is like for most people to come and see us, that's a great investment for them, right? They, they come here and they're like, if they lost weight and got out of pain and build lean muscle and you know, improve their performance, how they look and their confidence, that would drastically alter their life, right? Like what I'm trying to sell is something that would significantly benefit them. And, and they come in with that frame, right? Like these are the, this is what I want, this is what I want to achieve and this is why, right? It, it's a good thing. Now, you know, and sometimes a person might be like, oh, I can't afford that. But like they bought, you know, they had a 42 inch screen TV, but they bought a 72 inch screen TV. But what's that going to do to change their life? Maybe make their viewing experience of Game of Thrones better. But like that, this is the whole point. Like, where is your frame? Where is your attention going to? What do you give weight and importance to? Right. So it, it like you have to, you know, this is why I'm bringing this up um, that it kind of like will con con control your decision making before agreeing to something or before you buy any particular service, product, whatever, right? But with regards to, to using these powers on others, which I've mentioned before, it's important first to practice it on yourself, right? Use the powers of persuasion to positively influence yourself in your daily life. That's what I always tell people, like, man, be, be a product of your product, right? Get high on your own supply first. <laughs> and in this case, you know, influence yourself in your daily life before you try to influence others. Just like you should want to change yourself before you try to, you know, push and challenge other people to change too much, right? It's not only the best way to practice, but it has the double positive benefit of literally changing your own life. Powerful, Okay. So be a sleuth. So think about sleuth bar, uh, bunglers and smugglers. Though if, if you're in sales or need to persuade someone to your idea, remember to always be a sleuth. Now, every single person, whether you have a business or you don't, like you work, like everybody, on, even on a daily basis, I would say, persuades people to their idea. You know, even if it's not a money sale, like you're persuading people to your idea all the time, right? So, but think about this. A sleuth is a persuasive person who uses their powers ethically, right? Someone who tells the truth in order to help someone make a decision that will help their lives. 
This has been a common stream throughout everything I've been saying today. A bungler, on the other hand, is somebody who is so bad at persuasion that they don't help someone make an important decision because they're too afraid to use their powers of influence. So that's not good, right? It's somebody that doesn't have, who's bad at persuasion, so they don't help somebody. So th- this is where I get to. When I was on Mike Robertson podcast and we talked about you know sales, um, and I, I legitimately, I do agree with this. Like if you're not studying sales, if you're not studying persuasion, if you're not getting better at it, if not you're persuading yourself and building that skill set, you are doing a disservice to yourself, to your family, to your clients, to everybody. Right, because now you can't make somebody make an important decision that are going to like that's going to use it that's going to help them out in their life, right? For good, okay. And so you want to be a sleuth. You don't want to be a bungler because then you don't have the skill set and or and or you're not using your power of influence. But you want to avoid being a smuggler, right? And that's the people that use their powers for evil, okay. And you know what? Like I'm, I'm. I've shared it before. Like I've used my my persuasive powers for evil. Uh, I would say when I was when I was younger. Like and actually, I made dumb decisions throughout my life. Uh, but once again, you know, pain teaches. Pain is a great teacher, and so that's certainly something that I don't want to do. Uh, I would say ever again, right? But it's but remember, like because if you're a, a bungler and you're not using your influence and you're not developing your influence. You're, you're letting, like, you know, I, I, when people are like, no, I want to do the most good and I want to do this, but then it's like I'm afl- afraid of persuasion, influence, and sales. Man, you're doing the world a disservice, right? And remember, do not seek dishonest gains. So let's look at the application to life in this one, right? So uh, write, down, write down a sales persuasion goal that you have in your life right now. now. Like, so it might be like, I like to sell more gym memberships, right? Um, I would say like a lot of people reach out to me for that, right? How can I get the team more on board? How can I sell more gym memberships? How can I get more leads? But hey, like just write down a persuasion goal that you, you have in life right now. Could be, hey, might be convincing a girl to go out with you, right? Um, by means of option one, let's look. So how can you use at least three of the triggers in an ethical way to increase your chances of success? Right, so write down one, two, three. And just go like, answer that question based on those things that we just talked about, those six persuasion triggers, right? How can you use at least of those triggers in an ethical way to increase your chances of success to uh, sell more gym memberships, right? So for instance, hey, I'll, I'll give you one of them. Like when you have, uh, for instance, uh, the social aspect, social proof, hey, create some case studies of your clients that have had great results. Videos though, right? Videos of case studies of people talking about why, uh, first of all, you know, what made them reach out to you? Uh, what were they skeptical about? What were their specific results? What would they say to others that aren't on the fence about doing it? And maybe a tagline about what they think about your business. And while they're doing that, they're short, these short videos, like minute to two minutes, and you have a bunch of B-roll playing in the background of them training, high-fiving, smiling, having a good time training with you. And those are some of the social proof videos that you run those social proof videos, you click like learn more about this product and they click and they go to your landing page and in that landing page now, you have some type of front end offer and bam, you got more leads. Now obviously I shortened this up a lot, but <laughs> giving you an example, right? Like work on that. How can you use those six in your business uh, on a day-to-day basis um, and, uh, and, and win, right? So 
write down a, a sales tactic for using persuasion to frame your idea in the most persuasive way, right? So um, give you an example. Okay, so let's say I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to sell a book, right? Or then on the website, you might show pictures of books to put people in the mindset of thinking about the importance of learning, right? That's an example. But you could, you know, one of the things that StoryBrand teaches is like on your website, like what you, like for instance, one of the big mistakes that I would say uh, trainers make and coaches make is they have a website and then on that website, they put some stuff that, that they like. So it's like there's, there's somebody deadlifting and the veins popping out of their head is about to explode and they're just jacked and ripped out of their mind and like, ah, yelling, right? But most clients, like when they look at that, they're like, oh shit, like I don't want to feel like that. <laughs> Even though they might be training hard, what do you want to show? Like you want to show them, sure, being sweaty, but smiling and happy and having fun and right, like and being in camaraderie with other people in, in class. So that's the picture you'd want to portray. Make sense, right? So it's like, oh wow, like they're getting fit. These people are getting fit and they're happy and they have a support group around them. That's what I want. Okay, cool. So portray that, persuade that way. That's a sales persuasion. So that's just a couple of, a couple of different examples of how you could use that. And, and once again, this has its own world. It's almost like, hey, okay, cool. Here's the red pill. Here's blue pill, right? Are you going to down, go down? Like, are you going to discover the matrix? And every single one of those things um, can really take you a lot of places. And of course, first is just understanding the principles and then having the certain methods to it and then you have certain practices that you do daily to get better at it. And you know, these are these are the things that like I said, we use and, and, and I certainly use in a lot of the coaching to help people change their habits and fitness and training and mind, their mindsets, um, their recovery habits. And also it's the things like, you know, just some of the things that I mentioned at the end is the things that I teach in sales and marketing uh, and business to better, you know, I would say uh, better sell your services to better uh, influence and persuade people to buy and also to get better leads and so on and so forth. And like I said, this is a world of its own. With that said, I will say I actually um, just made a post about it. I've had a couple spots open up my business coaching program. And if you are serious now, if this is, you know, if you have a business that has at least 30 to 40 clients, um, that's kind of like the criteria or more. So, you know, we obviously have, you know, um, coaching gyms with hundreds of clients, um, even some with tens of thousands uh, now because gym chains. But um, if you have more than 30 to 40 clients or around 30, 40 clients and you're committed to really growing your gym in this next year and you need sell, help, help with sales, marketing, you know, positioning, some of the things that we talked about, uh, team dynamics, fulfillment, how to pr provide a better service to your clients and like streamline it, make it more predictable, sustainable, then reach out to me. Uh, like I said, I'm not shitting around. Like I, this is, this is, I only have two spaces. Uh, I can only take on so many people I like to provide a great service. Um, send me an email to Luca, L-U-K-A, at hostsofourperformance.com. That's my last name. So H-O-C-E-V-A-R performance.com. You can also just DM on me on IG. Um, yes, that's a simple way too, or on Facebook. Um, but just wanted to shoot that out there before those spots get filled. Um, with that said, Love and appreciate you guys. I hope you got a lot of the, out of this podcast. Please, please, please. The reason I do those activities and applications to life and questions at the end of every big idea is so that maybe one thing triggers you and you're like, whoa, okay, cool. I got to do more of this. And you write it down and you actually start doing it. And when you do that, if we do a podcast a year, it means you'll take 52 action steps every year to get better. Guess what? You're going to get better. Um, you're going to get significantly better. 
uh, you know, improve your life, your business, your health, your relationships, and, and just, uh, I would say, just your own experience of everything. Uh, with that said, hey, look, I, I lo- I'm loving the, um, the reviews that are coming in, guys. I, I really appreciate it. Like I said, when you review, you give it the five stars. It means more people get to see it, more people get to listen to it, and uh, we get to affect more lives and impact more lives, and this is why I'm doing this. Uh, I noticed that there's still, like I said, you know, we may we may or may not do this, but my goal was never to kind of, I would say, get sponsored or anything like that. It really is just to keep sharing more of my coaching, my knowledge, and you guys spread it out and create a platform for that. So I appreciate you guys for taking the time and energy. I really do love and appreciate you. And I love re- reading every review. I, I read every single word, every review. Uh, and I can't thank you enough for that. I can't thank you enough for, for tuning in. With that said, I will see you in the next episode of the Vigor Life Podcast. Lucas out. Peace.